Uh, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. Uh, it is the Zebra. If you are looking for insurance for your home, for your car, whatever it is, people, everybody pretty much overpays for um, for their insurance. And you don't have to. There's one place where you can uh, uh, compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. And you can do it quickly. You get all of the facts. No pressure. Zebra, the Zebra, compares car and home insurance quotes from every major provider in under five minutes. So get all of your facts in one place. Start comparing quotes for free today. Visit thezebra.com slash Beck. That's thezebra.com slash Beck. All right. Radio show begins in just a couple of seconds. of womanhood yay that that is just the beginning as we as we celebrate the power of women by um making miss nevada a transgendered guy i mean i think this is fantastic it really is a celebration of everything uh everything about women you know uh, and I think when the guys walk into the bathroom with their dingaling showing, I think there's nothing there's nothing that celebrates women more than that. We have that story coming up. Uh, oh, also, uh, more on the NFL. Uh, Stu did a little bit of homework on the uh, shooter that we told you about yesterday at this time that killed a police officer. And we're going to start with something positive. There is a real problem with Generation X and Z. They've just done new polling on Generation Z, and they are not for capitalism. So how are we going to fix this? Well, there are two solutions. One is God, and the other I'll share with you in 60 seconds. Michael lives in Connecticut. He writes in about the experience with Relief Factor. He says, Relief Factor helped uh, almost completely eliminate my elbow pain when I couldn't find any other solution. What a great product. It has helped with a lot of other aches and pains as well. Since I started Relief Factor, I feel like I have more energy. I generally feel better. Thank you so much for this pain relief product. Dealing with pain in your life day in and day out can just grind on you until you're just left a little hopeless please make this the day that you check out relief factor not a drug developed by doctors 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more 30 percent it just doesn't work on i don't know why it doesn't that's why they've made a three-week quick start uh, trial pack take it as directed for three weeks and take it you know breakfast lunch and dinner 
If you're not seeing any results in three weeks, you're probably not going to. But if you do see results, order more because it changes lives. I've seen it. I've seen it happen to me and others. It's Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, starting tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, you're going to have full access to a new series that I'm releasing just for Independence Day. It's a special production of the 1776 report. What is the 1776 report? Well, let's go to cut one, please. You may recall that the 1776 commission was established by President Trump in the fall of 2020 with the purpose of promoting patriotic education. That I will soon sign an executive order establishing a national commission to promote patriotic education. It will be called the 1776 Commission. Well, the media and academia almost lost their minds over this now controversial idea that we should teach young Americans to actually love and appreciate the nation they've inherited by telling them the whole truth. The 1776 Commission had to rush the development of this report because they knew that as soon as Joe Biden was sworn in as president, the commission's days would likely be numbered. The 1776 report was instantly demonized by the media, mostly because it was commissioned by the Trump administration. But it was clear from the avalanche of criticism that virtually no one actually read the report or even gave it a chance. Predictably, just hours after Biden took the oath of office, he signed an executive order to dissolve the 1776 commission. It was one of his first acts in office. President Biden had an opportunity to work toward his campaign promise to be a uniter by keeping the commission going. Instead, he squashed the commission on day one, and it sent a clear signal about his true priorities and his belief of America and our founding. So I've decided to take this commission's report and make it into a series. It, all of it becomes available tonight for Blaze TV subscribers. And then tomorrow, I believe it goes up on my Instagram um, and uh, Facebook pages, uh, one episode at a time uh, until, um, until Independence Day. It is really, really important. Um, this is our greatest weapon, the truth. And the truth is storied. The truth is, is full of really great things and really bad things. But you have to start with America's principles and the idea behind America. These facts provide necessary and wise cautions against unrealistic hopes and checks against pressing partisan claims or utopian agendas too hard or too far. The principles of the American founding can be learned by studying the abundant documents contained in the record. Read fully and carefully. They show how the American people have ever pursued freedom and justice, which are the political conditions for living well. To learn this history is to become a better person, a better citizen, a better partner in the American experiment of self-government. 
Compromising actions by imperfect human beings. The American story has had its share of missteps, errors, contradictions, and wrongs. These wrongs have always met resistance from clear principles of the nation. And therefore, our history is far more, far more one of self-sacrifice, courage, and nobility. America's principles are named at the outset to be both universal, applying to everyone, and eternal, existing for all time. The remarkable American story unfolds under and because of these great principles. Of course, neither America nor any other nation has perfectly lived up to the universal truths of equality, liberty, justice, and government by consent. No nation before America even dared state those truths as the formal basis for its politics. No one has strived harder or done more to achieve them. So here's what's really fascinating to me as I'm watching this special uh, now, if you happen to be watching Blaze TV and watching the program, um, they just showed uh, images of us, you know, our police hosing down blacks as they march with Martin Luther King. And I thought, what nation, what nation uh, of the great nations today would allow that, would allow their press to show the bad side. Well, we've gone so far, all we're showing is the bad side. And no one has any credibility with me, uh, and shouldn't with you, if they only know one side of the argument. You know, the, the critical race theory does not present the other side of the argument in any credible way. They present the other side of the argument as, see, that's why they're racist. No. No, Uh, we should be having a debate. But have you noticed we're not having a debate? The debate is over. The debate is over now on everything or so the left thinks. But that is not an American principle. And it's really important. You know, anytime anyone says don't read that, you should read it. Anytime somebody says uh, that should be banned, Buy it and read it and keep it. Uh, I don't trust anyone who says you shouldn't read that. You shouldn't look into it. There is there is no inherent evil in education and there's no inherent evil in reading things that a a logical, uh, uh, reasonable person who is searching for truth. Shouldn't read. You need to read all of it, especially when it comes to history. And what I like about the 1776 Project, which is, again, coming out tonight at 9 p.m. on Blaze TV, and then will be released on my social media in segments uh, every day this week until the 4th of July, and I urge you to watch it. The thing that I like about the 1776 Commission, which Biden has tried to bury the media has tried to bury. It is so clear on who we are and the wrongs that we have uh, we have uh, perpetrated. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say got away with because we certainly didn't get away with any anything. 
And how did those bad things in our history stop? Listen. The most common charge leveled against the founders, and hence against our country itself, is that they were hypocrites who didn't believe in their own stated principles, and therefore, the country they built rests on a lie. This charge is untrue. It's done enormous damage, especially in recent years, with the devastating effect on our civic unity and social fabric. Many Americans labor under the illusion that slavery was somehow a uniquely American evil. It is essential to insist at the outset that the institution is seen in a much broader perspective. It's hard for people brought up in the comforts of modern America in a time when which the idea that all human beings have inviolable rights inherent dignity, it's almost taken for granted, to imagine the cruelties and enormities that were endemic in earlier times. It's hard. But the unfortunate fact is the institution of slavery has been more the rule than exception throughout human history. It was the Western world's repudiation of slavery, not just beginning to build at the time of the American Revolution, which marked a dramatic sea change in moral sensibilities. The American founders were living on the cusp of this change in a matter that straddled two worlds. George Washington owned slaves, but he came to detest the practice and wished for a plan adopted for the abolition of it. By the end of his life, he freed all the slaves in his family estate. So it goes into both arguments, but it does in a reasoned way. And I thought it was really important to bring not only the truth of history that you can share with each other and your friends and your family in bite-sized segments. Um, I thought it was important to not only share that, but then to show you the choice before us. Cut five. All the good things we see around us, from the physical infrastructure to our high standards of living to our exceptional freedoms, are direct results of America's unity, stability, and justice. All of which, in turn, rest on the bedrock of our founding principles. Yet today our country is in danger of throwing this inheritance away. The choice before us now is clear. Will we choose the truths of the Declaration, or will we fall prey to the false theories that have led too many nations to tyranny? It's our mission, all of us, to restore our national unity by rekindling a brave and honest love for our country, and by raising new generations of citizens who not only know the self-evident truths of our founding, but then act worthy of them. This great project of national renewal depends on true education, not merely training in particular skills, but the formation of citizens. To remain a free people, we must have the knowledge, strength, and virtue of a free people. From families and schools to popular culture and public policy, we must begin teaching our founding principles and the character necessary to live out these principles. This includes restoring patriotic education that teaches the truth about America. 
Now, that doesn't mean ignoring the faults in our past, but rather viewing our history clearly and wholly with reverence and love. When I got up this morning and I read the new poll that shows that a majority of Generation Z doesn't believe in capitalism, it's because they haven't been taught what capitalism really is. What we're doing right now is not capitalism. It is crony capitalism, and we are quickly on the path of Chinese capitalism. That's not capitalism. That's fascism or authoritarianism. We have blended the two together. You can't believe the press anymore. You can't believe the banking system anymore. You, you can't believe the jury system anymore. You can't believe in things because they've been so twisted and distorted. You don't trust your school because of not just the Board of Education, but because of the labor unions. The labor unions are full of people that just despise the United States of America. I'm talking about the teachers' unions. Just despise it. So you don't trust your teacher, not because of the teacher, but because of the unions and the universities. You're sending your kids still into universities that might as well be a Uyghur re-education camp. You don't trust politics because you've seen them lie and lie and lie. But now you can't really even trust the news to hold out those politicians that are doing the wrong thing. It's not going to be solved by anyone, any elected official. It's going to be solved by you and your family. And it is time to to plant these principles deep, deep into our children. It's on the Glenn Beck podcast in audio format, wherever you get your podcast, all on July 4th. You can find it one episode per day on my YouTube and Facebook channels leading up to the final episode on July 4th, or you can have access, full first access to the special edition of the 1776 report beginning tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV for all subscribers. If you're not a subscriber, join us now and save 10%. Use the promo code Glenn. Our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Time to take your pet level experience to the, the the next level. You love that dog. You want that dog to be healthy and happy. You need Rough Greens. I started feeding my uh, dog Uno Rough Greens. Oh, man. It, a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. I've said many times on the program, and it is absolutely true. He is a different dog. Different. If you're feeding your dog dry kibble, which is basically sterilized dead food, or if you're making it yourself at home, the truth is that Rough Greens contains a lot of the vitamins and nutrients that your dog needs and probably isn't getting. It's a supplement you should sprinkle on the food, and your dog, if he's anything like mine, will wolf it down. Your dog may not like it. I haven't heard of any that don't, but maybe your dog doesn't like it, and they don't want you putting any money out into this product if it if your dog's not going to eat it. So you can get a free bag, a trial bag of Rough Greens. You just get like, a, I don't know, a couple of, couple of days or three or five days worth of uh, Rough Greens. 
just to see if your dog likes it as much as Uno does. If they do, order the full bag and start feeding your dog um, uh, rough greens. You will see a huge difference in your dog's energy, activity level, and health. It's Rough Greens. Get a free bag now for your dog to try out at roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33 or roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program. I hope I'm wrong on this. I really hope that I'm wrong on this. But there is um, there is a problem. There's a problem all over the country when it comes to now feeding animals. Most people just look at meat and food and they see it on the grocery store shelves and they have no idea where it even comes from anymore. Well, it's coming from the heartland. It's coming from all of those flyover states. When you're in the airplane and you look down, you see those big circles. That's an irrigation circle. That is uh, those those circles are how you get water to get the plants to grow. And usually those uh, those crop circles are something like alfalfa. This is what we feed our cattle. Well, there is a severe drought here in the uh, northwest uh, and the mountain west, a severe drought. I mean, it is becoming like the Dust Bowl. Um, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think you're going to start to see Farmers either giving away their cattle uh, and their animals or unfortunately slaughtering them and burying them because there is no grain uh, or no hay to feed them. Uh, there's no there's nobody growing anything because we're in a, a drought all across the upper part of America and down in the lower sections, you're having places like Texas and Alabama they have too much rain, and they can't grow it. Uh, please pray for the appropriate amount of rain and uh, that we don't have to do what I fear is coming with the animals. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Throughout 2021, consensus has been that higher mortgage rates are coming, but when is it going to happen? I don't know. How high will they go? They can't go too high because the federal government is on the hook. How are they going to pay for their outrageous loans? Timing the market is a dangerous game. So if you're ready to lock in a good mortgage rate, now is a really, really good time to do it. Rates are as low as they're apt to go for the remainder of the year. So it's up to you. But if you'd like to save hundreds of dollars every single month if you roll in your high interest credit cards without resetting your loan i mean you can save thousands of dollars a month right now is the time to refinance american financing call them now 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 or go to americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net call them they work for you and not the bank 
Conservatives are being shut down on social media all the time. We need a place that's safe for the voices you love to be heard. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Well, I think this advertisement is uh, this approach to the NFL is going to be wildly successful. And I, for one, am proud of the NFL. Uh, They've just uh, released some uh, new verbiage uh, for the NFL. Do you have the NFL music? Let me just give it to you. Football. Football is lesbian. I'm not making this up, by the way. This is their actual. Football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Football is queer. Football is life. Football is exciting. Football is culture. Football is transgender. Football is queer. Football is heart. Football is power. Football is tough. Football is also bisexual. Football is strong. Football is freedom. Football is American. Football is accepting. Football is everything. Football is for everyone. Oh, that is, this is fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I think the, the NFL diversity director uh, told Outsports, I'm proud of the clear message this commercial sends to the NFL's LGBTQ plus fans. This game is unquestionably for you. I'll be playing that first line over and over in my head all season. Football is lesbian. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't know that the game had sexual preferences. Uh, Actually, Uh, football, Glenn, is known as the most lesbian of balls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a fact. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Okay. All right. Um, You know, I think that uh, the football fan could be lesbian, straight, queer, uh, you know, non-binary. The football fan can be anything. But football itself is a football is a game and it should remain that way. I'm just I'm just thinking. Well, you uh, you you can't say you can't say football is a game without gay. Well, yes, you can. I forgot. Um, There's no Y in game. Game, Glenn. Game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think that's a coincidence? Uh No, it is not. They've been planning this forever. I actually do think, especially since it's (laughs) not spelled anywhere close, you know, you'd have to get rid of the M and the E, (laughs) get rid of the me in football game, and then add a Y for you. There football you, is for you. Well, you know how they used to spell women, yeah. W-O-M-Y-N? Now you can do G-A-Y-M-E. It's a, it's a game. This is so, this is <laughs> so, so ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, it's so dumb. I was, I was watching, uh, I was on Twitter yesterday, and you know how they, Twitter gives you ads, ser, I, you know, serves me ads based on my algorithm, and apparently my algorithm is telling them, I want to see ads about Pride Week from Procter & Gamble. Or Pride Month, excuse me, about Procter and Gamble. So the the makers of Tide and Cascade are telling me about love 
and they go through this whole thing. In the very end, there's this guy who's like, you know, I just, I just wish there was a time where we just didn't have to say all this. Yeah, you've arrived. You've arrived in the time. It's here. Congratulations. We don't need to be. We don't need to hear every little itty bitty detail of what goes on in your bedroom. I don't care about it. I don't want to know about it. You don't have to tell me about it. The people who make detergent don't have to tell me about it. Just stop telling me about it. You know, may I may I go a step further? I have a lot of. You know, I have a lot of gay friends who think that straight sex is icky. Mm. So, you know what we don't talk about? Sex. Okay? <laughs> we don't. And I think that's I think that's pretty universal. Um, I don't want to hear about sex. I don't want... I mean, now maybe it's different in the, um, you know, in the Tom Brady realm, mm-hmm. where everybody is a beautiful person. <laughs> But I've been to America, and that's not the way it generally is. Uh, And so I just think we should stop talking about what you're doing in your bedroom. Because like Stu, I not only don't care, um, I find it icky. You know, and that could be straight sex. You know, let me tell you, boy, the wife and I had, we tied one on last night. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yes, we exist here to try to forget and not picture what you're doing in your bedroom, whether you're straight or gay or whatever. Just stop talking about it. Let's all hope that I almost just kind of want to forget. That's how we reproduce. Let's just forget about it completely. I don't want to hear anything about it. It really is an icky process. I mean, you could go into this is wow, really? God had to make it feel really good. Otherwise, everybody would be like, I'm going to do what? No, I don't think so. That's so true. It doesn't make any sense. It is. It's a terrible if idea. If it didn't feel good, right? you wouldn't be doing it. You no. just wouldn't be doing it. You're like, what are you taking your pants mm. off for? God, mm. stop it. Keep them on. Keep them on. It's hot. People are sweaty. It's on. smelly. Just keep everything yeah. on. Everyone, we bundle up. Yeah. You know, maybe it, we've we've criticized Islamic extremists before, but maybe they've got something on with every, where you can't see anybody's human body. I mean, there's something to the idea that we all just kind of cover ourselves and can only see eyes. That I, you know, I've walked around the United States of America, been through many malls over the years. In Texas, it's 117 degrees. Everyone's sweaty and wearing very, really tight things. Just stop. Wear maybe maybe a tarp. Let's go to the Homer Simpson moo moo thing and just just embrace it. It was a good look. I think we should do it. Look, yesterday I told you I was I was going to be doing interpretive dance uh, on how how racist the Constitution is. Yes. If you missed yesterday's show, go back for the podcast in hour three. I read the actual report from the National Archives saying that the uh, the National Archives saying that the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights is uh, confusing and shows our racist uh, history. And their solution is to have interpretive dance happening when you go to try to see the Declaration of Independence. And so I said yesterday, I I'm all for interpretive dance. In fact, I'm going to do one. And the reason why I said that is because you don't even want to think about me mm-hmm. doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like when my daughter was in ballet, my son and I were like, 
you know, I think you could slice, you could put a piece of sliced toast in that guy's butt cheeks. You know what I mean? You just, <laughs> you could just put a slice of toast right there and he could hold it the entire dance. <laughs> Me, you could put an entire toaster oven between my cheeks. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's not good. It's not good. Nobody wants mm. to hear it. No. Period. Can we move on? Because yes. I'm uncomfortable. Um, Jake Tapper. Uh, wow. Uh, has lost 75% of his audience since January. I wonder why that is. Wonder why that is. I have the answer. Do you want to hear the answer? Sure. Racism. Mm. Um, in other news, um, you know, some bigots might say it's things like what was said on MSNBC last night. Listen to this. Why do you think we're seeing an uptick in crime happening right now? I think it's a combination of things, and we have to understand that police officers are the, are the backbone, patrol particularly are the backbone of any police department. And this reminds me of back in the day when I was on LAPD, when officers' feelings were hurt and uh, they had the term blue flu, where officers openly talked about slow response to radio calls. You can, you can break a police chief <laughs> if response time is low, if you're not clearing crimes, if you're not responding to high-priority calls, shootings in progress, murder, robbery. And so officers now we see across these 18,000 police departments are butthurt because, you know, they can't run willy nilly through a police department and abuse with reckless abandon. So they're stepping away from specialized units, too cowardly to quit outright the department, but they're stepping away. Wow. Mm. Wow. So they're too, they're cowardly. Now police, they're butthurt because they can't uh, they can't just get away with all their racism. Could I just remind everyone um that uh, Derek Chauvin uh, had, w w was never they, they didn't even bring it up in court uh even the wholly corrupt uh Keith Ellison didn't say that this was about race because there's no case that that was about race and yet uh George Floyd is being held up as the hero that finally turned things around for the bigoted racist cop in in the in the court of law race was not brought into this argument so how is this happening and by the way it's not that the police are butt hurt you've beaten the police back you've beaten them down i don't know i might learn a lesson and not put myself into a situation where I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my reputation. I'm going to be known as a bigot racist throughout all of American history because you have an agenda. That's not butthurt. That's smart. Hmm. That's smart. That's self-preservation. Yeah, and we went through a study a week or two ago about Black Lives Matter and what has actually happened with it, where they say, the study basically said they had saved 300 lives between 2014 and 2019 for of potential police shootings. Unfortunately, they caused between one and 6,000 murders by civilians against other civilians. So many more black lives were lost because of Black Lives Matter than were saved. Um, but in there, they mm. talk about uh, the effect, the, what they call the Ferguson effect, which is in some ways seemingly what she's trying to allude to here. Uh, and the, the idea is basically that police 
get sick of being called genocidal maniacs every Tuesday and decide, hey, I'm going to, you know, look, unless I really have to jump into something, I'm not going to jump into it because every time we jump into something, we get accused of these terrible things and our lives get destroyed when we're trying to help people. So they don't jump in unless it's a super serious crime. So we're seeing signals of this all around the country where murders and rapes and the most serious of crimes are going way, way up, while many property crimes are not because the police are are hesitant when they know maybe a life might not be on the line to jump into any of these situations because they don't want to expose themselves to a situation that's going to escalate out of control. So they're jumping into less of uh, fewer of these situations because of that. That's a huge problem. You know, I mean, and and what happens when you vilify an entire class of people that are trying to help you, results are usually negative. And we're seeing that the results all around the country are really negative. It's not because they're cowards. It's because they're intelligent. By the way, uh, police, I think it was in Portland over the weekend, had to uh, come out and beg. No violence, no violence. The person that was shot was white. No violence, no violence, no violence. Nobody cared about what happened. They didn't say, hey, uh, well, this, this shooting happened and uh, it was justified. They didn't care. They only cared what color the person was. That's a sign of a deep, deep problem. By the way, Rudy Giuliani and Alan Dershowitz in hour number three today. You don't want to miss any of today's show. After uh, decades of leftist ideology desperately working to destroy everything we have held true and dear, our culture is a smoldering shell of what it has been. Conservatives, you cannot give up. And you can't lose the uh, the will to fight against the woke mob. Our nation, our fate of our children, all stand on a razor-sharp edge. So what are we going to do? Well, we first of all have to start telling the stories. And that's why I'm really, really proud to recommend the Tuttle Twins book. Um, it's a series of books, and they teach things... You know, like Austrian economics, but I'm talking about for little kids. Um, they also have teen books, etc. But I, I want you to you've got to start reading to your children and you've got to start young. These are fantastic books for children that teach them about American history, um, uh, what freedom really is. There's no way um, that you can get through what's happening in school and have your kids come unscathed. You must prepare them and plant this deep into their little souls. The Tuttle Twins books, great stories. If your kids or grandkids are not reading these, they need to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Right now they're running a sale so you can get free workbooks as well. Don't let the left cancel out these books. Don't let the left win. Teach this to your children and your grandchildren. Get the TuttleTwinsBeck.com, the Tuttle Twins books. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Did you see that... Um, California is banning travel to several states now. They just added Florida. 
Um, and they're uh, they're not they're not allowing any of the federal workers or the uh, state workers to go to, I think, 12 different states. Well, it's not because of covid. It's because you might catch racism there. Um, these are the these are the states that are are arguing about bathrooms and are putting in, you know, rules that say, hey, guys can't use bathrooms that women use. You know, it's interesting, Glenn, that every single possibility they have to uh, to mm-hmm. use the Commerce Clause to block whatever they want in any state they do. Mm-hmm. Is this not a really clear violation of the Commerce Clause where you're pre- preventing oh inter- interstate business? You're not even allowing your employees to travel to other states? Like, that's that can't yeah. possibly be okay. Yeah. Well, it's not in any sane world, but we left that one a long time ago. Um, so good luck with that. But that is, this is what things like the Commerce Clause was supposed to protect, and it was flipped on its head. The The United States was not supposed to have the, the power, and the governments are not supposed to have the kind of power to do this. Thank you so much, Hillary. I want to talk to you a little bit about American financing. This is something that has helped Stu just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was trying to buy a house and uh, and went to American Financing, and they got him a great deal. What's your insurance or your insurance? What's your uh, your payment every month? Uh, I totally can just tell you the exact percentage uh, rate I got. I know it's very low. It was <laughs> under was it under I three? thought you said it was in the twos. Yeah, it was in the three? twos. Yeah, it was I thought three. it was under three. Yeah. It was under three. I just can't remember yeah. what it was exactly. But it was really freaking low. Yeah. Like, the, the sort of interest rate that you'd think is like a misprint. <laughs> like, it's not even real. Come on. That's not even real. Uh, that That is actually happening now. And I, it's not going to last forever. We're already seeing all the inflation kind of kicking in. Rates are already starting to inch up. If you want to refinance or buy a home, now is the time to make sure that you lock in the best rate possible. Yeah, Um, I know people that are starting to rent out their home and buy a second home uh, because renting is becoming so expensive and their house is worth so much more money. Um, Please don't please understand this is not going to last. Please understand that there is trouble coming uh, and do the right thing for you and your financing with AmericanFinancing.net. Sick, twisted freak. It is Tuesday, and I've never... Well, I've done this once before. I've had a guest back three times in my 45 years of broadcast. The last time I did this was Marcus Luttrell when he came back before he had written Lone Survivor. I find the guest that we have on today, uh, we had him on yesterday, I find him fascinating because... I'm guessing, I don't even know, I don't care. Um, I'm guessing we don't agree on a lot of things, uh, political. 
But he is one of the only doctors that I have heard in the media that isn't making this about politics. In fact, when he's talking about COVID and the vaccine and everything else, he's saying, stop talking about politics. Let's start start talking about the truth and facts. I want to talk to him. He is the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology. Uh, I... Well, I'm going to ask him to talk down because the little people don't really know what mRNA vaccine technology is. Um, you know, so, I, but I do. I, of course, know. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to bring every, everybody along. So I'll pretend, wink, wink, that I don't know anything about this uh, and have him explain the history and and what it means and the things that we're starting to do, the ethics behind some of the things that we're doing, um, what does it mean for our future? Dr. Robert Malone joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. And Stu, you're all up on uh, RMMR, on that technology, right? Yeah, I can almost always say it in the right order. Uh, so yeah, mRNA really? technology. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, when, this is the best time for you to shop for blinds right now. They're having a huge, huge sale at blinds.com. It's the Fourth uh, of July spectacular, which you can save up to forty-five percent off everything site-wide, and that's a lot. It only gets better from there because when you order from blinds.com, you're going to get amazing customer service. Whether you choose to install them yourself or having blinds.com send their people out to do it for you. And on top of that, they have free samples, free shipping, and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. With over 25 million blinds sold, they have 35,000 five-star reviews. You can see why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Blinds.com. Join them for their 4th of July spectacular. Receive up to 45% off everything site-wide. It's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The inventor of mRNA vaccine technology, Robert Malone, uh, is uh, joining us again today. Hello, doctor. Hi, Glenn. Uh, thanks for that uh, lead-in. Um, and it's not talking <laughs> down. I, I'd like to talk, I, you know, um, there's a, one of our greatest physicists ever, Richard Feynman, once made the point that if you can't make complicated stuff simple, then you don't really understand it. So uh, I, I live, you know, I, I live here in central Virginia, and I have plenty of folks that are just average people. A lot of them never even travel on a plane. Um, and uh, I, I like to say I can think I can talk to everybody. I don't have to talk down to them. So let's go. Let's talk about the tech. Okay. So tell, t- tell me what mRNA technology even is. And can you start at the, the beginning? Because I understood that a, it was originally developed or originally thought of by a black woman who could not get anybody to pay attention until maybe some Germans or she was over in Germany and some Americans uh, caught interest and said, hey, I think you have something here. 
Is is that true? And, and where do you come in? I think you may be talking about Katie Kuriko, and she's Hungarian. Um, and actually, okay. I had folks write to me that she's actually Hungarian Secret Service originally. Um, so, uh, <laughs> wow. I actually I actually mentored Katie in the mid '90s, and her first paper on RNA cites me in the acknowledgement. So, you know, I don't I don't. I, I, I spoke about this on the high wire at length and, and um, it's not, I'm not interested in, in uh, embarrassing anybody. Uh, um, it is what it is. So, but I was doing this yeah. the full decade before she was, and, and that's just the way things oh. are. Sorry. Um, but okay. She did make so it tell, a, tell me what it is now. Yeah. Good. Let's talk okay. about the, the, the tech. So first thing you got to understand is that, it, in biology, we have this thing called the central dogma. And, and what it is is that DNA makes RNA. RNA makes protein, really simple stuff. DNA, for most of us, is what our genes are, where the information is coded. RNA is the thing that transfers that message out to the machinery that turns it into protein. Okay, So you can almost think of the RNA as a copy of code that's sitting on a DNA hard drive. I think most of us can get that. Um, so there's this thing that goes from the inside, the inner part of the cell, the nucleus, where the DNA is, and it goes out into the cytoplasm, that's the outer part of the cell, where the protein translation machinery is, and it is a message. It's a, you know, uh, a, a message that goes from central command out to the perimeter, and, so, and it's made of RNA, so we call it messenger RNA. So it's mRNA is the short acronym. Does that make sense? Pretty simple yes. stuff. Um, okay, right. so that's where all this starts from. And the, and the core idea behind this, you know, one of the ahas that led to this whole cascade of the inventions back in the late 80s was that if, it, now I was working in a gene therapy lab, perhaps the leading gene therapy lab in the world at the Salk Institute at the time, and um, the aha was, oh, People are, it's really difficult to get genes all the way into the nucleus, the center part, because we've got a lot of barriers. It's like a castle with a bunch of fortifications. Um, and, and, uh, and maybe for maybe for a reason, right? Yeah, for a good reason, right? Because we don't want outside yeah. genetic material getting into our genes, duh, right? So Correct. it's hard right. to get DNA and viruses and all kinds of stuff all the way in. So the logic was, oh, this message part. It doesn't stick around very long, and all you got to do is get it in through the first barrier, the cytoplasmic membrane. So that's the the first uh, you know barricade around the castle. You don't have to get all the way through the drawbridge and everything else. So uh, that that is the core idea: deliver RNA rather than trying to do DNA or viruses to get all the way into the nucleus. Just get it into the cytoplasm. And by the way, the RNA gets cut up pretty fast, any RNA, any message, it makes sense, you know, that it's like an auto-destruct on your email. The email's coming from the central server, and imagine that it goes out, it does its thing, and then it automatically gets cut up. So that's the idea. It makes, it makes for a gene therapy approach that's more like a drug, because one of the problems with gene therapy is that it, if you get it working good and you get your genes into somebody's cells, there's kind of no going back. If, it, if for some reason there's a problem, like your only solution is you're going to have to cut out the cells, right? And if the cells are all over your right. body, that's not going to happen. 
So there's some big fundamental problems with the core idea of gene therapy that as was originally thought about in the 1970s, it was kind of a little bit naive. And one of the big problems that was discovered back in 88 um, by a postdoc that was kind of shepherding me named Dan St. Louis, he was also a true believer like I was about gene therapy. And he was working with a kind of a virus called a retrovirus. This is the kind that is HIV, for instance, but it wasn't HIV. And he was using that to put genes into mouse cells and then putting those cells back into mice. And then the genes would get turned off for some reason. They would stop making protein. And this was a you know, major head scratcher. Uh, and all kinds of elaborate theories came out. And I, being the half-trained medical student that had come from a vaccine and AIDS lab at UC Davis, I said, aha, I know what it is. It's that the mouse is generating an immune response against the protein. And in fact, that was the case, which was, uh, you know, suddenly gene therapy had a major problem. But what I did was say, oh, well, okay, let's make lemonade out of lemons. What we can do is use gene therapy technology for making vaccines. And so So, the truth is... the Go ahead. Adenoviral vectors, the, the DNA viruses that are the J&J and the AstraZeneca vaccines, that technology also came out of that same lab and that same insight. So really all of these are the, the advectored um, products that we have here in the States. We call the Johnson Johnson vaccine and the two RNA vaccines all trace their roots back to the Salk Institute in the late 80s. And they're all so when somebody when somebody says, um, you know, this has never been tried before with a vaccine like this um, and you don't know what this is going to mean down the road uh, and how it's going to affect, you know, your cells and DNA. Is any of that true? Um, it is true that we don't know what the long term effects are going to be. And it's not just the technology and the specific chemicals that are being used for wrapping the RNA in its little FedEx package. Um, uh, it's also, we call it the payload, the thing that's expressed, the protein. Um, in this case, it's the spike protein. Okay, so don't, a lot of these side effects, I suspect strongly, are a consequence of what is being produced. And spike wasn't the only option. It was just kind of the easy option that was chosen at first. And I suspect in the next generations, we're going to see very different things than biologically active spike. We'll see. But you're absolutely right. We can't know what the long-term effects are unless we give enough time to assess those. So, so, but, vaccine, you want but, two years after, after a lot of people have been vaccinated to make sure. But that is that different than, than any other is that different than any other vaccine or anything? I mean, that's why we have drug testing and the drug testing goes on for a while. So we could expect that there and, might and, be and some some long term things. But is it different true. because of the mRNA? One of the things that's different about and remember, both the mRNA and the adenoviral vector are very similar at their core. They're both putting foreign genes into your cells. And then they're making your cells become little vaccine manufacturing factories. That's how this is working. The thing is that the FDA and the pharmacy, the FDA 
has a checklist for vaccines and they say, oh, you have to do these things and you don't have to do these things. Like, for instance, with regular vaccines, you don't do reproductive toxicology and you don't look at toxicity to genes. That's just the way because time has shown that regular vaccines don't have those kinds of problems. With gene therapies, you do have to have that stuff. Okay, with gene therapies, you've got to do a lot more rigorous characterization, and you have to show how long the protein is being made, in what cells, and how it's distributed throughout the body. At what level are you making the protein? The, in, their, you know, in the rush, I, I don't know how else to say it, the FDA decided, you know, I think this was a case of people just kind of not thinking in the moment. They decided to apply the vaccines checklist. They didn't apply the gene therapy checklist. And so we don't actually have the data to say how much protein is being made by your cells with each of these vaccines for how long and what cells. And so this gives rise to a lot of fear. And people talk about, you know, are we expressing spike in ovaries and all that? We don't have data showing that's true, but we don't have data showing it's not true. And, and the thing here is that the rules of the road, like I, I might have said before in one of our earlier, it's the French judicial system. The way it works with drugs and vaccines right. is you have to prove that they're safe. You're, they're assumed to be not safe until you prove that they are. It's not the other way around. And the fact that we don't have this information um, gives rise to a lot of concern on the part of people. And I think it's completely valid. And as if that wasn't bad enough, the FDA decided in this stage where they're still experimental, but we're giving them to everybody, we're trying to insist on everybody taking them, including all the college students, um, uh, they didn't set up a structure to carefully track adverse events and um, how effective things are in the field. They did their phase three studies, but those are limited, and often they aren't very predictive of how things go once you're out in the real world. And they decided right. not to do that at the time, and now they're trying to kind of backfill and find some way to do it, but they didn't gather the data. We're talking to Dr. Robert Malone. He is the inventor of mrna uh vaccine technology we'll continue our conversation i i want to talk to him a little bit about the ethics of what is happening now beyond this technology um and what we're doing um we seem to be in a very on a very reckless path and it it concerns me, and I'd like to hear his opinion on it. First, let me give 60 seconds to our sponsor. It's Built Bar. They are now the official sponsor of the U.S. Olympic track and field team. I've been uh, talking to you about Built Bar ever since, well, I'd like to say ever since, uh, you know, I discovered Built Bar, but I didn't. It actually happened through Stu and his wife, and then his wife told my wife, and then she told me for like a year and I wouldn't listen to her. And then, I mean, cause it's a protein bar. They suck. They suck. And then she'd say, yeah, but they're low calorie. And I'd be like, Oh boy, that's going to suck even more because usually these things either have no flavor or they, they taste like garbage or a doormat or they taste like a Dow chemical, uh, accident. Not that I know what one of those tastes like, but you know what I'm saying? This is a company that started out with flavor. Now, here's the flavor we want. 
how do we get it so it is healthy? I think it's witchcraft myself, but it's low calorie, low carb, high protein and high fiber. Uh, they're amazing uh, flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. You can find out, get a box, a mix box. You can try two of each of the nine flavors. It's uh, it's really, really good. Go to their new URL. It's easy to remember. It's built.com. You're going to love them. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15, and you'll save 15% off your next order. Again, that's built.com, promo code BEC15. 10 seconds, station ID. All right. Uh, We're back with uh, Dr. Robert Malone. Um, And I want to talk to you about some of the things that we are now doing in medicine and more so in technology that uh scare me i mean we are we are changing people's lives uh just with the technology of the iphone and the ipad and all of that and we we've never done a long-term experiment on this and nothing i don't that i can think of in human history has come on this fast and been this um, pervasive and we have no effect uh, no idea of the effect on our children alone um, and that's 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 just in tech on one thing. We have AI coming in. But I heard something yesterday. This is a bioethicist. He was talking to he is a um, uh, a meat eater, but he was talking about how <clears throat> we can get people to stop eating meat for because of global warming. Do you have that from uh, from last week? The bioethicist talking to the anti-meat scientists. Um, He was talking about we can gene splice, and when we gene splice, uh, we're going to be able to get people to not be able to tolerate meat. Doctor, I want to get you on uh, to talk about, is there a line, uh, and do we have any idea what we're fooling with? Okay, so you're asking the question about genetically modified organisms and specifically designing them to modify human behavior. Is that dumb and getting it right? Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. This is bizarre. Um, uh, I don't, uh, what crazy kind of logic is this? Um, I personally, I don't eat meat. There's a variety of reasons, health being one of them, but I don't, I don't try to tell anybody else not to eat meat. I generally don't even disclose it. Uh, it, right. again, I, I, I'm firmly in the camp of, uh, your right to autonomy and decision-making and this idea of social engineering, I think is what you're kind of touching on. And it's also what we're dealing with, with this trusted news initiative. You and I discussed the other day, we started really going into the, you know, Orwell's version, Orwell's warning to us about, a new authoritarian world in which um, language is used to manipulate thought, etc. I think that a lot of this is at the core of the conservative angst and unease about, you know, politically correct speech and, and a lot of these things that strike as 
attempts at social engineering. And, and if, I'm under, if I'm reading that correctly, this is an issue that cuts across the, uh, the entire space, liberal, libertarian, uh, and conservative. I think that there are a lot of people that are really uncomfortable with what's going on in terms right, of the idea of social engineering. Let's pick this up uh, in just a couple of minutes. Let me take a quick network break back with Dr. Robert Malone. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So let me talk to you a little bit about grilling season. It is here, and I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only person that just doesn't know how to cook on a grill. I have no idea. I mean, I, I try, you know. Um, but it, it usually ends up burnt or raw. One of the, one of the two that is before I got a rec tech rec tech has smart grill technology in it. It's this, the smart grill technology allows, uh, the, the meat or whatever you're cooking to be cooked exactly right. It alerts you when you're done on your cell phone or, you know, any kind of smart device, um, it also adjusts the temperature accordingly. It is really amazing. Uh, you know, don't be like me. Don't burn almost everything that you try to put into uh, into your grill. You can smoke, you can grill, you can even bake with a Rectech. There is nothing like it on the market. It is the best. Go to RectechWithAQ.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Find out for yourself and A-B compare. You'll never find another grill like a Rectech. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your Blaze TV subscription. You can save 10 bucks with the promo code Glenn. Coming up in half an hour, Rudy Giuliani and Alan Dershowitz to talk about What's just happened to Rudy Giuliani, and it's never happened before, and it should concern people a great deal. Um, and I'll let Alan and uh, Rudy explain it. Um, it is it's, It could affect all of us. If you don't like the client, you don't go after the attorney. Um, and uh, it's never been done before. In fact, the head of the NL, uh, the um, uh, ACLU in New York, who hates Rudy Giuliani, just joined the team to push back on this because he said this is one of the biggest violation of rights. And if we go down here and allow this to stand, uh, we're in 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 big, big legal trouble in the future. Each of us are. So we're going to talk about that coming up in about half an hour uh, from now. Right now, we're talking to Dr. Robert Malone, and um, I, I want to play this audio of the bioethicist um, for you, doctor, so you can hear what he's talking about, inserting and and making us repel um, meat. Listen to this. So I'll give two examples. So one is that uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption on meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's the thought, right? So it turns out that we know a lot about, so there, we have these 
intolerance to, uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance. Um, uh, and there, some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, to certain kinds of bovine, uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of uh, ad possibly address really big world problems through human engineering. Isn't that, Whoa. shouldn't that be terrifying? Okay, that, that's a mic drop moment. Yeah, that, that's clearly crossing the line. Engineering humans is the key. You didn't mention that part before. So, so he's talking about engineering you and me, um, not engineering the cow. Uh, that's that's way over the top. I, I was going to say, um, well, well, I think the core of what you're talking about is uh, does the rights of the society trump the rights of the individual, right? Do the ends justify the means? And we already settled that. We had the Nuremberg trials, right? We said no. <laughs> and here in the States, and I think all of your listeners and are aligned with me on this, we're a free society of free people that have free will to make their own decisions. And uh, this, this, I, I, I hope that the speaker was saying this in jest, just to illustrate a point, because he, the idea of engineering humans, uh, number one, it's, it's naive. As somebody who's been in the gene therapy space for a long time, we can talk about these fancy ideas, but implementing them turns out to be wicked hard for the very reason we started talking about that, you know, there are all kinds of barriers to getting stuff into our DNA. It's hard to do. What concerns me is it, it feels like uh, some scientists are now like, yeah, yeah, eugenics didn't work, but the idea was good. And we're just going down the same road with new technology uh, from, that, you know, 1900 yeah. to 1940. Yeah, no, and this is, I suspect this is always going to be the case. I can tell you that in, in this, in, among my peers, there are always those who feel like if we can do it, we should do it. And, and it's often real hard to check those people. I mean, this gets, this is the same kind of issue as the gain of function mutation research that's the, at the core of the, controversy about the origin of this virus. There are people in my space, you know, in my contact list that are kind of wired to say, um, I'm really smart. And if I can do this, I should be allowed to do it. And those people are really hard to control, um, but they're out there and they will always be out there. And somehow the rest of us got to put a clamp on them and make it clear that that's not okay. But it's not easy to do, I well, guarantee. <laughs> it's not easy to do, and it feels like medicine in some way is going off the rails. I know uh, the AMA just said that they're going to start now including critical race theory in medicine. And I thought that critical race theory, like it, don't like it, that's political. We cannot put political a lot, a lot. into medicine. So yeah, the assumption that the American Medical Association represents most physicians in the United States is false. Uh, not not only by numbers, but also by logic. So please don't paint us all with that brush. Just because a bunch of folks sitting in a ivory tower in Chicago have to say that. Um, 
a lot of us find the AMA has led us down the garden path to where our lives are controlled by accountants and, and people with MBAs. Right. Uh, they, they kind of sold us out. So, uh, you know, I don't know that medicine, you're right. Medicine today is not what I signed up for when I went into medical school. Uh, and a lot of my colleagues are really disillusioned with it. But um, and I, that's a that's a bigger we're, problem. <laughs> we're we're facing these are the kind of things that keep me up at night. Um, we're facing times that are hap- that are coming at us so fast, and it doesn't seem like. Uh, for instance, I have a daughter who um, has uh, cerebral palsy, and she had horrible, horrible seizures. She was having them all the time, yeah. and she just had this miraculous brain surgery. She hasn't had a seizure since January. That's she's 31 or 32 years old. That's that is a miracle. And I know that Elon Musk is developing what's called Neuralink. And his idea is that you'll be able to, you know, if you have strokes, which she had, uh, it will be able to um, jump uh, over any of the scarring or anything else. And I. I think this is fantastic, but I also see what it could become, and I don't know where the line is. Does anybody <laughs> and, and is anybody talking about these you're, things? You're right to be you're, you're right to be wary because the history is that when, when every one of these breakthroughs always comes with a good side and a bad side, and there's Correct. always military applications. There's always these kinds of control applications. And uh, and there's always folks that are willing to exploit it, particularly if they can make a buck. And um, I, I it's, it, this is the battle that we are going to have to wage forever. But it's, is there anybody in your business leading that battle? That's a good question. Um, is there, I'm not, there must be, uh, institutes and think tanks that are, I can't imagine there isn't, but the field of bioethics seems to be often fairly focused on, on just the pragmatic parts of how do we do a clinical trial and, and, you know, develop drugs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, and not on these big picture issues. These are more psychology and social sociology kind of in in um, in big think tank rand, rand institute kind of questions you're asking, and I, I I hope that there are folks out there, but they're not in my world. My world people tend to be pretty focused on the mission, and uh, you know how do we protect the warfighter? How do we uh, respond to bio threats? I mean, the thing that has my world spooked is these new recombinant technologies like. Uh, CRISPR-Cas9 that, that, you know, in the in garage biology, you can engineer some wicked nasty stuff these days in your garage. And that's that's in a way that you didn't used to be able to. And that's what's got. Could you explain? Pretty Most people don't don't even know what CRISPR is. Can Can you explain that quickly? Not very well. I don't know it. I don't practice it. It's a new technology that allows very precise recombination, which is to say insertion of new genetic material in place of existing uh, genetic material, and it makes it kind of child's play. It used to be really hard. And now by use of these sequences 
that are found in some uh, prokaryotic uh, uh, bug uh, 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 microbial systems, you're able to circumvent a lot of the old kind of more kludgy stuff and just make genetic swaps wherever you want. And that's complemented by the fact that you can, I mean, I could, I could write out a new gene that I want right now on my computer and send it off to a shop in the U.S. or China, and they would send me back a package with that gene synthesized. It's that trivial. And this is a technology oh that gosh. now allows you to take that and drop it into, you know, your favorite genome. It's not, it's not yet um, uh, so efficient that the, the problem with all of this for humans, for big, you know, animals, to get it into all of your cells, we're not there yet. We're a long, long way from that. But to do it in one cell, like, like or modify a virus or modify a bacteria... Um, that's now trivial, and that's that's kind of the the thing about the argument that just to bring it home that SARS-CoV-2. Some people say, well, there's no footprint of classic genetic engineering. Well, with with CRISPR-Cas9, there are no footprints. It just goes in clean. So wow, that that, that argument, you know, we can't. It it changes everything because you can't track stuff in the same way. Um, and it becomes uh, pretty easy to do stuff. So that's that's a little spooky, right? Yeah, we are we're, we're entering a whole new world, just a whole yeah. new world. Dr. Robert Malone, thank you for spending the time uh, over the last three days being on in the my program. Pleasure. My I find pleasure, you, thank you. Yeah, I find you really refreshing that you haven't brought politics into any of it, just reason and common sense. Thank you so much. God bless. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Let me tell you about American financing. Um, how are your how are your finances? Could you use to save hmm, a couple hundred bucks a month, maybe a thousand dollars a month? You can do this now with American financing. Um, all you have to do is lower your interest rate on your mortgage. And you can do either. You can do that. Or you could combine uh, your credit cards and roll that into your mortgage now with American Financing. American Financing at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. They will help you do this. It's an easy phone call. There's no, there's no anything on the phone. They're not going to pressure you into anything. Um, uh, they just spend 10 minutes with you on the phone. You tell them what you're trying to do. And uh, what you have, you know, bill wise, et cetera, et cetera, and what your mortgage rate is, and they will be able to help you or or not without any pressure. They work for you, not for the bank. Call them now. American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Tucker Carlson said last night that the NSA is spying on him and reading confidential texts and emails in order to try to get his take his show off the air. Um, that is quite a charge. He says that he got this information from a whistleblower from inside the federal government, 
and he informed Carlson the NSA was monitoring his online communications. He said normally he'd be skeptical of this claim. The whistleblower reportedly repeated back to him information about a story he was working on that could have only been gathered through Carlson's private texts and emails. Um, we're going to follow up on this story. Talk to Cheryl Atkinson about it. Um, I, I am saddened to say I believe that. Um, and I would say the same thing if if uh, Jake Tapper or even Cuomo had come out and said that the NSA is doing this. I would like to know more, but I would support them in their right to not have the NSA spy on him. They're making this into yet another conspiracy theory. Which is weird because the conspiracy theories uh, seem to always end up correct, at least lately. Um, let me uh, let me bring you up to speed on what's happening with Rudy Giuliani, um, because Rudy Giuliani is going to join us here in just a few minutes. And so is Alan Dershowitz. And I, I want them both to weigh in because this is not just about Rudy Giuliani. This is about your attorney. Um, he's the, he was the president's attorney. Now this doesn't go with what, what was her name? The w- woman that had all the credibility in the world up until about 10 minutes into, uh, the, uh, election stuff. What was her name? Sydney? Uh, yeah. Powell. yeah. Sydney Powell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sydney Powell. Um, and, uh, this is not the same with her. Um, Rudy Giuliani did not make those claims. He says anything that he had, he had a source on that told him that these things were going on. And he was saying, we have to look into them. Um, and if, you know, if, if your client lies to an attorney, um, you know, the, what is the attorney going to do? If the attorney has false information and he knowingly presents it, then he's in trouble. But Rudy Giuliani says that's not what happened. I wasn't knowingly putting false uh, evidence out there. This is really dangerous for any time you might be in trouble. Because if your attorney is out of step with political correctness and he can go to jail because they don't like you, uh, we live in, we no longer live in the United States of America. And Rudy Giuliani pretty much said that uh, a couple of days ago. This is not the United States of America. And even the very liberal uh, uh, founder of ACLU in New York is joining this case now and says this is an outrage and he really does not like Rudy. Thank you very much, uh, Hillary, as uh, Glenn uh, sits down and gets ready for one more exciting hour of magical radio about to happen here in front of your eyes. It is. Mm -hmm. It really is magical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What happens? I mean, I'm so glad that it's like the Magic Kingdom where you don't see behind the scenes (laughs) because it would hurt the magic. By the way, Glenn, uh, interesting, they've got uh, today, we've got Rudy Giuliani coming up. We've got uh, Alan Dershowitz coming up this hour. And then after this, if you're on the if you're on the premier network feed, uh, you've got Clay and Buck, who just started uh, doing the show in Rush Limbaugh's time slot. And they have the president on today as their first guest. 
Uh, so oh, that's right. If you happen to be in this uh, particular uh, network right now, we're listening to this network right now, you got a heck of a day of programming in front of you uh, as uh, three really big guests here coming up in the next uh, hour or two. Yeah. Have you listened? Have you had the chance to listen to them yet? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I, I listen to them. I mean, I like both yeah. of them quite a bit. So uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good show. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, coming up, Rudy Giuliani and Alan Dershowitz. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We want to talk about uh, justice and the American system. We have uh, we have a couple things going on in the world with our with our justice system. Uh, the Justice Department, I think, has become hostile to the Bill of Rights. Some in the FBI at the upper level at the Justice Department, uh, I think they are. Uh, they're squashing the Bill of Rights as well. There is, there is a real question of can you get justice in America anymore? Uh, and we have attorneys that are not taking on unpopular clients. Well, have you ever read anything about John Adams? Have you ever read anything about our justice system? That, that's exactly why we need the Alan Dershowitz uh, in our lives. And... You can't be um, persecuted because you take on an unpopular client. When did we stop admiring our own system of justice? Well, that's what's happening with Rudy Giuliani, and it is setting a very dangerous precedent. He's joining us along with Alan Dershowitz in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So if you are looking to buy or sell a house, you've got to have the right real estate agent. You have to have somebody uh, that, you know, is is highly trained and has expertise. Uh, Just talked to a friend, uh, I think I was telling you yesterday, that um, said, yeah, I had my cousin be our real estate agent. That was a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, yes, it is. Don't. Why do favors uh, on the most important financial decision of your lifetime. Don't don't do any favors for anybody. This particular couple lost about 25 grand because the cousin didn't understand how exactly to negotiate and how to put them into a situation to where they could pick the best offer. So realestateagentsitrust.com. This is why we were formed, why I started this company to give you a free service to be able to find the person that follows the best practices that we have found through the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. We did our homework on what makes a good real estate agent. What do you need to know? What are the patterns? What are the things that you can, you can look at at a real estate agent and go, okay, you got it. 
Well, we've done all the searching for you, and if we have somebody in your area, great. If not, we won't recommend somebody. There's a long list of people that want to join real estate agents, I, I trust, but we want to make sure that we know the people. Uh, so we want you to be introduced to them. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com right now. We'll send you usually pretty quickly the name of somebody in your area, whether it's across the street, across town, or across the country. realestateagentsitrust.com. Former mayor of New York City, the host now of Common Sense Podcast, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. How you doing, Rudy? Good. It is, uh, you know, it is, what is happening in our country is so astounding to me. And I, I heard you say last week, it's, it, this isn't America anymore. Explain to people exactly why they're trying to suspend or what they're saying, what they're using to suspend your license in New York. Well, I've been practicing law for over 50 years. I have never had, I don't think, a complaint, certainly never a proceeding against me. And I probably have tried some of the most difficult cases in the history of the country. They're uh, basically the complaint against me is that I, on a number of occasions, uh, set forth facts indicating that there was fraud in the uh, 2020 election. Uh, those facts are all based on information and evidence I got from other people. Most of them are backed up by affidavits. I've offered several courts the opportunity to hear these witnesses. They've been uniformly declined. I offered this court the opportunity to look at the affidavits. Uh, not only didn't, did they decline it, they kind of lied about it. And uh, What so do you mean? I, I, well, what I, what I did was I said that in... In the state of, let's say, Georgia, there were several estimates of the number of dead people who voted that ranged as high as 8,000, 3,000, 5,000, 8,000, and that I, had, uh, that I had death certificates involving at least 800 of them. I, I explained that that's all based on affidavits. Instead of looking at the affidavits, they concluded because I gave three different numbers and because I didn't give them the affidavits, I was lying. Well, the fact is there are three different numbers because there are three different experts who have three different estimates. Mm. And I made that clear in the, in the statements that I made. And they never bothered to ask to see the affidavits I said were available. Now, I have 400 affidavits. I couldn't possibly have delivered them all to the court. I'm also represented by judges who were on that court who told me that you normally don't give the underlying affidavits until you get to the hearing. This is a preliminary stage. You just tell them you'll make whatever affidavits they feel are necessary available. They failed to tell you that I did that and make it sound like I'm hiding the affidavits, which is a straight out and out lie. Those affidavits back up to the number, every single number that I used. And if you saw the affidavits or any court ever let these witnesses testify, well, the dam would break loose. I mean, 80 courts refused to hear witnesses. I only was involved in three of the cases. 80 courts refused to hear a single witness 
single citizen who can testify that there was fraud in the election. They make it sound like I have the information. I don't. I have other people's information, Glenn. I'm sitting right now in my den. Uh, two rooms away from me is a file room that has those 400 affidavits. They're from American citizens, like a, uh, a woman, 60 years old, who worked for Detroit for 40 years and te- would testify under oath that she was taught how to cheat by the Detroit Democrat Party. They taught her how to put phony names on phony ballots, names of people who were underage or dead. Now, she could be telling right, the truth. So, so Rudy, she I, could be lying. I, I, right. Right. And th- that's for a jury to decide or a judge to decide. Not so I want to I want to keep two. I want to keep two things separate. Um, one, the the actual election and the aftermath, and two, the role of an attorney, because y- you can't just go up and say those things. Like, for instance, I think Sidney Powell was a, a little irresponsible at the end. Um, she had a lot of credibility and it just kept coming undone because she would never present anything. You were trying to present and go to court, and that's where that's where a bad attorney is shot down is in court. If you would show up and say you've been saying all these things, but you have no affidavits, you have nothing, but you're not on the hook for what they say in those affidavits unless you told them to perjure themselves. You understand that it's an affidavit, it's sworn under oath, so you are representing your client and bringing these people in, and if they're lying, they get in trouble, not you, correct? That's actually true. I mean, I've been practicing law for 50 years, and that's the way you do it. I went a little further here. If you go to my podcast, I put some of these people on, uh, on recordings, so you can go and see the recordings of them saying this if you want to. So I, I, did, I didn't do it with all of them, but I did it with a representative group to show that I wasn't just speculating. There are people there who spell out that they saw, for example, uh, something like 100,000 ballots brought in in the middle of the night in Detroit. From what they could tell, almost every single ballot was for Biden. Uh, there were two witnesses to that and then a third witness who saw the last half of it. Those I have on a on a on a podcast. I have a I have a video recording of people being thrown out of the Atlanta Center. By law, you're supposed to have uh, independent witnesses there when you count ballots. You can see them all being thrown out. You can see the uh, Democratic workers checking out to see that there's nobody there, and then they start counting ballots in secret. And then we have an expert who went and looked at the counter and something like 32,000 ballots were counted at that time. Something like 99% of them were for Biden. Now that is actually in public. And they accused me of lying about it, but they were too lazy to go look at the podcast. Finally, they say I'm a danger. They say that I uh, am a danger to the public. Now, these statements they're talking about Glenn, all come after January 6th. So they're not talking about January 6th. They tried to blame me for January 6th. But when I put in the my statement, 
and I put in my recording, they see that when I said trial by combat, I was clearly talking about two machines. I was talking about putting two machines next to each other, the Dominion machine and an honest machine, and let's see which one counts the vote accurately. And I said, I'm willing to bet my reputation. We win. So they tried to make that into a statement of violence. They couldn't. They dropped it. So now they say, I'm a continuing danger because on about eight or nine occasions since January 6th, I have said there was fraud in the election. However, that's uh, almost seven months. There hasn't been a protest. There hasn't been a fireworks. There hasn't been a rally. There hasn't been any violence. Uh, the, the, the danger is well, in their mind. There's no danger. I'm yeah, not and, uh, Nobody's running around going crazy because of what I'm saying. So what does that mean? That if you're on the Democratic side, you can say that for, uh, what, three terms of Republican presidents? And you, you if you're Republican, okay, you can't right. say that about this election? You can't. No. And, and you know, Stacey Abrams can go around Georgia saying she was elected governor. That's okay. But I can't say that there's evidence of fraud. It's not even that I said the election is stolen. So there's evidence of fraud. Of course, there's evidence of fraud. I mean, it, 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 there's over, I have so much evidence of fraud, I, I don't have room for it. And I, I'm entitled to that statement. I'm entitled to that opinion. There's even a, a court case that Alan Dershowitz has pointed out. Uh, you, you don't get penalized for the things you say out of court. I didn't, but I'm entitled to exaggerate out of court to benefit my client. I better be careful when I'm in court, however. It's in the nature of a defense lawyer to make the best possible case for their client. So if, if you hold me to some strict rules of, you know, everything, I mean, because this case was so important, I did follow the strict rules and I did make sure that everything was uh, documented. And for example, when lawyers would come to me like Sydney and make a claim, I said, I want to see the documentation first before I support it. But normally I wouldn't do that as a lawyer. My client is entitled to the best possible interpretation I can put on the facts. And if you can make the legitimate exaggeration, you're even entitled to do that. There's, there, are law, there are cases that say that. So this is five Democrat judges. You have to understand, Glenn, they're appointed not by God. I mean, they're appointed by the Democrat county leaders, some of whom in my career I put in jail, by the way. I mean, one of my mo most famous cases was convicting two of the most famous Democrat county leaders under Ed Koch and putting him in jail for bribery. I know how corrupt this city is. Very few people do. This is a corrupt old Democrat city like Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit. These are the cities they picked to cheat. They didn't cheat in Omaha, Nebraska. They cheated in Detroit. Right. And they cheated in Philadelphia, and they own Philadelphia. 50 years of Democrat rule in Chicago, uh, last weekend, 77 shootings, and nobody cares. Uh, if you don't think that that corruption spills over into the way judges are appointed, you don't understand how corruption works in American politics. Each one of these judges so owes their appointment to a Democrat district leader. If they wrote an opinion favorable to Rudy Giuliani or Donald Trump, they'd be finished. Their career is completely controlled by one Andrew Cuomo. They're going nowhere if Andrew Cuomo decides to blackball. Right. That's the unfortunate reality. And that's why you see these decisions come down, Republican, Democrat. We go in front of the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. 
on a crazy, crazy decision that uh, all the all the poll watcher has to be is present. He doesn't have to look at the ballot. You don't have to show him the ballot. He just has to be there in the room, like looking at the trees. And and five to two, the Supreme Court upholds it because the five Democrats will accept a totally irrational opinion because if they don't, they're finished. So, Rudy, I've heard the uh, the guy who really doesn't like you in New York, the uh, head of the ACLU, has or former head of the ACLU, has come out in your defense uh, <laughs> and like said this just my classmate. <laughs> of course, What'd you say? He was my law school classmate. He sued me 40 times as mayor for, for welfare reform, for job fair, for um, uh, uh, requiring students to work while they were going to school. For another. I mean, he challenged me on every conservative. Now, he's a pure liberal. And uh, he has said some very harsh things about me. But most importantly, he the, the, uh, theoretically disagrees with me on everything. You know, when I was running for president, there were people that thought I wasn't conservative enough. And Hannity used to say, right. you didn't watch him govern. You didn't watch him govern. I was trying to get Norman to go up and attack me to prove that I was the most conservative <laughs> mayor. In the history. But Norman, Norman was too smart to know that it would help me. He said, if I get up and talk, you'll win the Republican primary. <laughs> <laughs> but he's an honest man. But he's an honest. He, like, I believe right. what I believe, and you do. He believes what he believes. But he also believes. Those are the best kind. But he also believes in something I truly believe in, which is uh, it's my obligation to defend the lawyer who represents the most miserable, horrible uh, criminal. If the person can't get a defense. You know, I never I never uh, uh, I, 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 I tried Nazis. I tried two Nazis who killed one twelve thousand twelve thousand people, one twenty two thousand people. I didn't attack their lawyers. I'd have been real uncomfortable being their lawyer, but if the court appointed me, I'd do it. That's what I, that's be, that's what it is to be a lawyer. If you don't understand Rudy, that, uh, Donald Trump is the only guy in America not entitled to a defense, and his lawyers are the only lawyers who get their offices raided. I can't think of, I never raided a mafia lawyer's office. Ever. Rudy, we are, uh, I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of time, but I thank you so much. We're watching your case uh, and we're behind you, not because not because you were for Donald Trump or against Donald Trump, but because we cannot allow this to happen. That's the way everyone is at stake. A hundred percent. I agree. Thank you. It's much bigger than me. It's hard to say that, but it is much bigger than me. Yep. Rudy Giuliani, thank you so much. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. This is the time of the year when we celebrate our independence, the values that have made America great and prosperous. Now more than ever, it's important to support companies like Patriot Mobile, who not only share our beliefs, but they stand behind them with action. Right now, you have two great offers to choose from. You can get 50% off your first two months at Patriot Mobile or $100 off any phone. Both offers come with premium activation. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck for details. Patriot Mobile, they have the broadest nationwide coverage. They use the same cell towers as the major providers. And they're, you, you, you'll get great service from their uh, American uh, uh, customer service 
call center. So call them now and switch 972-PATRIOT. It's really easy. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com. We've got to stick together and stand with the people who are fighting with us, not against us. Switch your mobile phone service to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. This is uh, this is crazy uh, what's going on. We are under attack. Every institution is under attack right now. And uh, every single person that rose and and took the oath of office, you are violating your oath of office right now. You're violating it means nothing if you're not actively engaged in protecting the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, We are being fundamentally transformed and changed. Um, The White House yesterday affirmed its support for the the woman who is part of the Bureau of Land Management. She's going to be running it. She has ties to eco-terrorism. What? So we have we're putting somebody in who is associated with eco-terrorism. She is somebody that uh, was involved in tree spiking uh, because she doesn't want anybody on uh, land. She also argued in support of population control because humans are destroying the planet. And she doesn't think cattle should be uh, allowed to use federal land to graze. Well, that puts almost every farmer and rancher out of business because the federal government in some states out west owns 80% of the land. No, no. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're over 50 and you haven't joined AMAC yet, may I suggest that you check them out today? Um, before I recommend anybody to you, I do my homework before committing to anything. So here's my challenge to you. If you like benefits, life insurance, travel discounts, uh, all the things you can get if you're a mature American from all kinds of different groups, AMAC is the best. Now, that's for the benefits. If you're serious about standing up for our country... This is the group that pushes back against the ultra-left legislation by going to Washington on your behalf and including you. That's why AM, uh, AMAC is right for you. If if you are somebody that you'd like, how do I get information on the things that I care about and a trusted source? Well, they have that with uh, newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website contest uh, content, a bi-monthly magazine. Join now, AMAC. Be a part of the team fighting for America. AMAC.US slash Beck. That's AMAC.US slash Beck. You see the censorship of conservatives all over the place. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn to help stop fight it. Let's go. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. I heard uh, Alan Dershowitz. 
talk about Rudy Giuliani Monday on uh, the Megyn Kelly podcast. And um, I just thought he made such good points and I wanted you to, to hear them. But I also had a couple of questions for uh, Mr. Dershowitz on uh, on this particular case and what it means if it's not repaired. Welcome, Alan Dershowitz, host of uh, The Dersh Show. How are you, sir? Well, thank you. I'm doing good, but I'm very concerned. You know, I've been a lawyer for 60 years. I taught legal ethics for about 35 years at Harvard. I have never seen a case like the Rudy Giuliani case. First of all, they deny him an evidentiary hearing. They say you have to prove not only that what he said was false, but knowingly false, that he knew it was false. He denies that. And yet, they didn't take evidence. They just suspended him, saying that the suspension is likely to become permanent without any kind Holy of an cow. opportunity for him to respond. Moreover, I have never seen a case where lawyers have been disciplined, not necessarily for what they say in court. Some of the allegations are what he said in court, but others of the allegations are what he said on television, on Fox, on Newsmax, on podcasts. Why is that not protected by the First Amendment? I think everybody will concede, the court will concede, that everything Rudy Giuliani said would be protected by the First Amendment if he weren't a lawyer. What's the difference that he's a well, lawyer? But, 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 <laughs> I mean, I watch lawyers on TV all the time. Just, um, for instance, in the Chauvin case, I've heard the lawyers talk about how this is all about race. And yet, when they got into the court, there wasn't one word about race. Well, was he right? Should he be suspended? Well, I can tell you, many, many thousands of lawyers would be suspended if this decision by the appellate division in New York were applied across the board universally. There's a famous case where a prosecutor held up a pair of underpants saying it belonged to the defendant and that the red on it was his blood when the prosecutor knew it was paint. The guy got sentenced to death. Ultimately, it was reversed. But the lawyer wasn't disciplined or disbarred. I've experienced myself probably two dozen cases where lawyers have made misstatements to the court. I filed a grievance. I filed a grievance against David Boyes, a prominent lawyer, the senior partner in Boyes Schiller, mm -hmm. who has had many ethical complaints against him in the Theranos case, in the Winston case, you name it, in other cases. He says to me on tape, on tape, I have it on tape. He says to me, the woman who accused you is wrong, simply wrong. You couldn't have been in the places she said you were in when she claimed to have sex with you. He says that on tape. And then just a short time later, he files a complaint saying she's telling the truth and everything she says is truthful. He knows that that's false. And I filed a complaint with the same disciplinary board that disciplined Giuliani, and they wouldn't even consider the complaint. They wouldn't even investigate. That's how selective this prosecution is, and it's unfair. They're going after Giuliani but, not because of what he said, but because of who he defended and because they don't agree with his politics. 
So here's the here's the scary thing, Alan. We know that it would not be universally applied um, because it, it never it it never works out that way, strangely, because it's about politics. However, this should shock every attorney um, to, to know that if you fall on the wrong side of an issue, you can be suspended. But also this goes to something else we have uh, i have one of the, the, the had one of the best first amendment attorneys in the country from uh, from uh, washington dc battling with us i've i've had them for 20 years and battling with them etc cetera, etc cetera. we're in the middle of something and we get dropped and the reason why we're dropped is because it will cause problems with some of the other cases and the partners that we have. You excuse me. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. now make they were making political calculations on who they were going to represent. Alan, if this kind of stuff continues, you if you're unpopular, you're not going to get an attorney. Well, I remember this from the 1950s. I was a year too young to remember to know this, but I was in college when McCarthyism was rearing its ugly head, and no lawyer would dare to represent somebody who was accused of being a communist or a fellow traveler or too far left. Yesterday, it was the left that was complaining against the right. Today, it's the right that's being victimized by the left. And you know what's going on in this world today? The hard left has become the enemy of free speech, due process, and equal protection of the laws. And they call themselves progressives. They don't want equality. They want identity politics. They don't want due process. If a woman says it's true, it must be true. Why have a hearing? They don't want free speech. If we don't agree with you, you shouldn't be able to say it. Free speech for me, but not for the. What has happened to the hard left and the Constitution? They see the Constitution as the enemy of their utopia. They don't realize that without yes. these constitutional rights, every utopia turns into a dystopia. If you don't believe that, look at Castro's Cuba, look at Mao's China, look at Stalin's Russia, and you'll see historically it's always been the case. When you end these rights, you end freedom and liberty, and we have to fight against it. I'm a liberal Democrat. I voted for Joe Biden. I voted for Hillary Clinton. I voted for Barack Obama. I voted for Bill Clinton. I voted for every Democrat, and I'm just as concerned as if I were today a Republican. And they can come after me tomorrow because I defended President Trump in front of the United States Senate, and I'm suing CNN because they totally distorted what I said, and I won the first round of my case against CNN, and I think, I hope I will win the subsequent rounds as well. We cannot allow this attack on the Constitution to continue. But, you know, I wish there were more liberals like you. I mean, that, this is what a liberal used to be. And I don't yeah. know where those people are hiding. I, I don't know if they don't exist. They don't see the threat or they're afraid to say anything or that Donald Trump was so bad that, you know, ends justify the means. I, I, I don't know where they are. That's what I think many of them say. That's what they tell me. You know, people don't talk to me anymore on Martha's Vineyard. They don't talk to me in other places, mostly Martha's Vineyard. These are people whose kids I wrote recommendations for for college, whose kids I got up at three in the morning and helped get out of jail when they were picked up with a, with a, uh, drugs or uh, with alcohol. These are people I have done things for over the years. Today, they won't talk to me 
because I defended the president of the United States and Trump is different. Nothing applies to Trump. The Constitution is suspended when it comes to Trump. That's the road to tyranny. Wow. Um, let me ask you this. The the ex-FBI lawyer uh, that lied to the FISA court. I mean, he changed he changed documents. He got a one year bar suspension. Um, Rudy Giuliani is facing a life suspension. This guy gets a one year suspension from the bar. Doesn't that seem a little light for somebody who went into court knowingly changed documents to have it say the exact opposite in a FISA court? Yeah, especially a FISA court, because there's no other side of the FISA court. The FISA court isn't an adversarial system. One side is presented. And so that side is expected to present everything fairly in a pristine manner because they have a special, special responsibility. Look, I think what that guy is accused of doing is far worse than anything that Giuliani is accused of doing. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So hard on Giuliani. I would like to have somebody go and go through all the cases where the appellate division in New York or the, the, the disciplinary board in New York has refused to take action against lawyers. For the most part, they take action against lawyers who steal money from clients. They very rarely take action against lawyers who lie in court. I have had so many cases in the Southern District of New York where prosecutors have said things that are clearly untrue. And I've written books about it. And I've, you know, um, argued appeals based on it, but I've never seen any lawyer disbarred because of it. I don't want to see lawyers disbarred. I don't I'm against the weaponization of the justice system for political partisan purposes. But I don't want to see Giuliani treated to a double standard and denied due process and denied free speech rights. Well, but but wait a minute, you you should get in trouble if you're lying in court. Yeah, shouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have right, an obligation okay. and candid with the court, but you have no obligation to be candid on Fox television or in Glenn Beck's radio show. I'm always going to be candid because that's who I am. I have never deliberately said anything that's untrue on any radio or, or television show to my knowledge. And I'm going to continue to maintain that standard for myself, but I don't want to see the government have the power to determine whether what I've said to you is true or false, once you give the government that power and bar association disciplinary groups are the government, you give them the power to chill advocacy, to chill free speech, and you give them the power to selectively enforce the law. And that's so dangerous. You know, one of the dictators of South America famously said, for my friends, everything for my enemies, the law, the law is so powerful. You can use it so effectively against your enemies. And what we're seeing right now is a Banana Republic-style attempt to try to go after former President Trump and his family and his company and his associates. And that's what happens again in Banana Republics. When you undo a government, you go after the former government. You put them in jail. You kill them. You do all those things. That's what determines whether it's a tyranny or democracy. In America, we generally applaud our former office holders. We don't go after them. But here you have in New York, the attorney general of the state of New York runs for office without seeing a bit of evidence, runs for office on the campaign pledge that she will get Trump. 
It's not what an attorney general should do, and that's not a fair way of approaching criminal justice. From uh, The Durst Show, Alan Dershowitz. You can grab his podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, as always, Alan, thank you very much for your honesty. I know we disagree, I'm sure, on a lot of things, but uh, hey, on telling the truth and s- yeah, yep, we can but standing up for what is right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Alan, thank you so much. God bless. You bet. Whether you want to refinance or buy a home, now might be the time to do it. Mortgage rates are still incredibly low, and there are still options in the twos. I mean, in a mortgage rate of two, you need to look at your loan and see what your current rate is. If you're paying more than three right now, you need to lower lower it right now. I can think of no better place to do that than American Financing. In a 10-minute phone call, you can get a free mortgage review where an expert mortgage consultant is going to go over your current options and see what's available for you. Talking about the options that could save you hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as $1,000 a month. American Financing is a family-owned business, and they have you covered on your mortgage from coast to coast. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. You may have noticed the tendency of the media occasionally, uh, and the Democratic Party, to highlight the perceived dangers of white supremacy. Not sure if you've noticed that at all, but we have not yet received the sort of MLK equality that we're all looking for when we talk to we talk about black nationalists and black supremacy. Uh, we have a shooting that occurred the other day. Guy uh, uh, Othal Ozone Wallace. Good old Ozone. Shot a police officer in the head in Florida and then ran away. He was discovered on the training grounds of a black nationalist uh, organization. This organization called the NFAC, the Not Effing Around Coalition. So he goes... He apparently, once they got there, the police got there, found this guy. They said, well, actually, we dissolved the NFAC quite a while ago. Uh, but this uh, this guy was kicked out, of course, of the NFAC. And the NFAC is an organization started by a guy who has had a couple of brushes with the law. He, uh, you know, if there's, I don't know if you can detect any ties to a police shooting here, but here's the quote from the report. Investigators found videos of Johnson, who started this organization, calling for the incitement of violence against Minneapolis police. Quote, the only way to stop police uh, violence is to identify and locate the homes of police, burn the houses to the ground, kill the officer and their family members and associates. So relatively direct statement there. (laughs) It's absolutely unbelievable that the media seems to have no interest in this whatsoever. You watch the videos. He was identified in the videos. You can see those uh, on my YouTube page, uh, Studos America. We'll show you the videos, show you where he was in previous rallies. The rallies are heavily armed. Massive guns all over the place. The types of weapons that the left definitely wants banned. 
and there are thousands of people. It's amazing these things pass by and nobody reports on them. I mean, to the extent that white supremacy is still a thing, it's obviously a terrible thing. But, I mean, the numbers are relatively small here, and we're told it's the biggest threat to our country. If that was the reaction, I guess, to, to the media, you know, of, of kind of a dismissive attitude, maybe you'd understand the way they react here. But this is a black nationalist, and the media doesn't seem to care. This is an organization that has threatened to kill cops. Nobody cares. This is an organization that had someone shoot a cop in the head, and no one cares. And the media is, is silent. I mean, honestly, I take that back. They're not silent. I wish they were silent, because what they're doing right now is so much worse don't forget to subscribe to this podcast here, Glenn Beck Program, of course, and Stu Does America, wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. This is the Glenn Beck Program.